Welcome back to Restored Mama. We took a short break during the holidays from our marriage series, but we are back at it today. Today, we dive into a topic that serves as the very heartbeat of a healthy marriage, communication. Does your communication with your spouse seem to always end in arguments, no matter how small the conversation might be? Or maybe you just never seem to be on the same page. Do you rehash the conversation before it happens in your mind to try to avoid any conflict with your spouse? When communication is lacking, it can affect our marriage in so many ways. It can be as small and as simple as very tiny misunderstandings, or it can cause every area in your marriage to struggle if it continues. Communication is at the center of a healthy marriage. We're going to explore the profound impact of words and active listening, and then open dialogue on the foundation of a thriving relationship. Communication is more than just a conversation. It is the currency of connection, the bridge that spans differences and the healer of wounds. It's amazing what good communication can do, especially in a marriage. Get ready to discover the art of healing words and the power that they hold in nurturing a marriage that flourishes amidst life's twists and turns and confusions. Hey mama, welcome to Restored Mama. Do you wish your days didn't go by in a blur because you are so busy? Ready to kill it as a homeschool mom trying to juggle home, family, and business as well? Does it feel like you're just trying to survive the day until you put your kids to bed? Do you need a time management strategy to balance it all? Hey, I'm Jen. I too was a mom that was trying to do it all but accomplishing nothing. I too felt worn out and drained and wished for freedom and balance in my life. I wanted to enjoy life and live out the God placed on me. But I kept telling myself life was always going to be this busy and I would never escape being that hot mess mom who lost her identity to motherhood until I found structure and time management strategies that actually work. In this podcast, you will find ways to prioritize to help you balance it all, learn habits to bring ease in your day, God-centered conversations to help you focus on what is really important, and ways to enjoy motherhood so that you will be able to go to bed feeling accomplished and loving life again. Warm up that cold coffee, kick up your feet. You deserve a break. The Mindful Mama Planner for 2024 is out. It's so exciting. This is one of my biggest accomplishments that I have done this past year. And I'm so excited. I'm so proud of myself. I didn't know that I could do it, but I did. I created this planner because I couldn't find one that had all the things that I needed to be able to be productive and manage my time the way that I do on a weekly basis. I had all my separate papers for my planning and scheduling, and I didn't like it. If you know me at all, I like organization, and I like simplicity. So I created the Mindful Mama Planner for myself first, and then I knew I needed to make it available to all of you. It had everything. It has daily, weekly, and monthly planning, hand-picked Bible verses for myself, goal setting and progress tracking for the quarter, the month, and the week. A habit tracker for spiritual, mental, and emotional habits to keep all your buckets full that I talk about. A weekly meal planning and grocery shopping list. Notes and reflection and gratitude pages. You've got the mindful download guide that I created to help you turn your to-do list into a functioning, successful, organized list instead of something that just sits there with nothing getting crossed off. The priorities guide that I created so you can set effective priorities. Seasonal, monthly, and weekly cleaning checklist so you don't even have to think about what needs to be cleaned. It's just there letting you know. There's a monthly budget tracker. It's all in there. So head over to RestoredMama.com to the resources tab and get it today. 
to help 2024 be the productive year that you dreamed of. And it's on sale right now. It's on sale so you can get it for a special launch price. When Johnny and I first got married, it seemed like it was never ending arguments. Even if the conversation started about something simple, like what dinner was or what the plan for the weekend was, somehow we ended up in an argument. I don't know how. I don't know how it happened or what was going on. Some of our biggest arguments we had were from miscommunication. We were both lacking in that area. We brought baggage from our past and put it on each other. And when the poor communication happened, that baggage came out. Arguments happened and anger rose amongst both of us. Now don't get me wrong. We loved each other. We had fun and we had really great moments and good conversations too. I don't want to make it sound like it was awful, but when we tried to communicate, He would say something, I would take it wrong, I'd read into it or put my own spin on what he had said, and I'd get angry. Then he would do the same with things that I said. After that happened, we began to have automatic responses. When one of us would say something, small or big, the other person's automatic defenses would go up. We were on autopilot with our defense and what the other person said. We forgot that we were on the same side, that we wanted the best for each other. Because of communication in the beginning, we ended up failing to see the best in each other and only saw what hurt, even though we had no intention of hurting the other. Poor communication can lead you down a very bad path. Communication is in every area of your marriage. If communication is good, your marriage has the potential to thrive when you put the effort in. When communication is bad, a thriving, happy, healthy marriage is not very likely. I want you to take a step back and think about some of the struggles in your marriage. How has communication played a role in that? I bet it's a pretty big role if you really dig deep. When we started to see each other as partners, as the same team and someone who wanted only the best for the other person, we learned how to have a healthy communication. It took work. It wasn't easy. And it took admitting that we were wrong. We were able to work on the other aspects of our marriage once that peace was in place. And that is when we started to thrive. Communication in a marriage fosters understanding and connection and emotional intimacy. That is so huge. You want to be closer with your spouse? Learn to communicate. You want to feel understood? Learn to communicate. You want your spouse to enjoy having conversations with you and open up to you? Learn to communicate. You want intimacy in your marriage to grow deeper in and out of the bedroom? Learn to communicate. It is amazing the areas that will grow in your marriage once you actually learn to communicate. The first thing to help grow in your communication is the art of active listening. Now, this really is an art. It's easy to pretend you're listening. Our kids do it all the time. We do it to our kids when they have the story that's just going on and on and we have no interest in it. But we want them to feel like we care because they care, right? Our minds drift, but we appear like we're listening. It's easy to do that with our spouse too, but it's an art. It takes intentionality to not just pretend to listen and let our minds drift. When Johnny starts talking about things he wants to do on his truck or how he wants to make the roof for the horse shelter or something with his old car that he wants to restore or the current thing is snow plows, we need a quad for a plow. I don't care about specifics, the mechanisms, how it works, but it matters to him. Years ago, I longed for him to talk to me about anything. I just wanted him to open up. And I just wanted to have normal conversations. 
Now, there's moments he won't stop. Just because I don't care about the mechanisms and how the plow works with the quad and all the details, it doesn't mean I can tune out. He cares, so I need to listen. If I want him to continue to talk with me, even if it's about something that I have no interest in, like snowplow mechanisms, if I don't actively listen, participate in the conversation, eventually he won't want to talk about things anymore. He wants me to be engaged, not that I have to actually enjoy learning about it, but to be engaged in the conversation and enjoy the conversation. I don't have to enjoy the topic. He wants me to show interest in what interests him. This is crucial to fostering continued communication. When I'm talking about things that I want to organize in the house, or a book I'm reading, or the planner I'm creating, or books about motherhood and marriage, things that I'm reading, how I made the dinner that he loved, he doesn't care how I made it. He doesn't care about the book on motherhood and what it's talking about. But he listens and participates in the conversation. Even though it is something small, seemingly insignificant, and not a crucial conversation to our marriage, it's those small gestures that grow into big ones. When he actively participates in a conversation that doesn't actually interest him, but he knows it's important to me and it's interesting to me, it makes me feel safe to talk, even though it's a small thing. I don't feel like I'm going to get dismissed or judged or laughed at for caring about something that's insignificant or seemingly insignificant. I know he is going to listen and he's going to care about what I'm saying because he knows I care. When he does that for the small things, I know that I can go to him and talk with him about the big things too. I'll feel safe in the small conversations, which means I feel safe in the big conversations and vice versa for him. If I dismiss him when it's important to him, but not to me, how can he feel safe to talk with me about the big things? On the contrary, when you're pushed aside for little things, or made to feel insignificant, or that it doesn't matter, when it seems like the other person is not even listening in those little moments, when a big important thing comes up, it's going to be really difficult to feel safe to talk to them. By creating a safe space for open and honest dialogue, you're fostering healthy communication in every aspect of your marriage, even though it may not seem like it in the moment. You are allowing safety and comfort for the other person to come to you and to know that they can talk about anything with you and be safe and heard. If you haven't created the space, learned how to actively listen to your spouse, there are a few steps that you can do to begin to work on this. It's not easy. You are backtracking on sometimes years of emotional buildup to retrain yourself on how to respond to situations. Or maybe you're on the other side of things. You don't feel safe going to your spouse to talk openly about things, big or small. And it doesn't seem like your spouse even realizes there's a problem or doesn't appear to care to fix it. It can get better, but it needs to start with you. If you are needing to learn to actively listen, or you want your spouse to begin to actively listen, it all starts here. Do these next few things consistently and begin to see the walls come down in your marriage and communication. Give your full attention. Eliminate those distractions and focus solely on your spouse when they're speaking. I talk about this a lot, but make sure you're putting away electronic devices. Turn off the TV. Create a space where you can engage without interruption. Set your phone down. Or if it's just a quick little snippet, look up from your phone. Look up from your computer. Make that eye contact. Eye contact conveys attentiveness and it signals that you're fully engaged in the conversation instead of 
Uh-huh. And looking at your phone, scrolling, maintaining that eye contact without staring. You don't want to be awkward and weird. <laughs> Balancing warmth and respect. That all shows that you're giving your full attention. Use open body language is the next thing. Don't sit there with your arms crossed. Reflect openness through your body language by facing your spouse. Maintain a relaxed posture. Don't cross your arms. Put your hands on your hips. You know, all those things that sometimes we just do automatically. Pay attention to the way your body is showing your attentiveness. Show verbal affirmation. You can use verbal cues such as I see or I understand or just nod or yeah, that shows that you're actively listening. Encourage your spouse to continue sharing their thoughts and feelings by doing this, by showing that you're actually engaged. Now, you don't want to do this in an interrupting way because that would just get annoying, but you do want to use verbal cues throughout the conversation to show that you're still engaged. Paraphrase and reflect. You do this with your kids. You need to do it with your spouse too. Repeat back what you've heard in your own words to show that you understand. So this plow will fit all of them. It's a universal plow. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. See, very simple, very basic. It's a simple conversation, but I showed that I listened. I understand. And I'm being active in the conversation. Encourage your spouse to share and continue sharing their thoughts and their feelings Reflecting back on what was said and rephrasing it in your own words, it encourages it encourages your spouse to clarify or expand on their thoughts, and it deepens the conversation. It keeps it out of just that superficial conversation, and it takes it deeper. Even if it's something as simple as a snowplow, that conversation can end up going in a deeper way if I am engaged. Ask clarifying questions. If I don't understand something about the plow, ask, I'll ask a question to clarify. Seek that clarification if something is unclear and don't just make the assumptions. You know what assumptions mean. <laughs> ask those open-ended questions. That's going to encourage your spouse to share more about their perspective and their thoughts on it. I mentioned this briefly, but avoid interrupting. Resist the urge to interrupt or interject your own thoughts before your spouse is finished speaking. I'm not great at this. As you all know, I like to talk. That's why I have a podcast. And sometimes I'll have a thought and it just wants to come out. I have to be very intentional with this. But it's important to not interrupt. Allow them the space to express themselves fully, get their idea fully across, and then you speak. Next is validate their emotions. Validate their emotions. Acknowledge and validate their emotions, even if you don't agree with their perspective. Remember, you're two different people. You're not going to agree on everything, but you still need to validate them. Understanding and validating emotions fosters a sense of emotional connection. And that is what you long for, right? You want that connection. This is one of the ways you get that. Express empathy. Put yourself in your spouse's shoes and express the empathy for their feelings and experiences. Acknowledge their emotions and let them know that you appreciate their perspective. Now, this is a big one. It can be hard. <laughs> Practice patience. Be patient and give your spouse the time that they need to express themselves fully. My husband is very good at this. Sometimes it takes me a while to get myself fully expressed. Sometimes it takes me a long time to work through something out loud to him to get everything out. And I might circle around something for a little while when I'm processing out loud. I'm an external processor and I need to talk through it. 
and it might annoy him, but he is so good at being patient with me as I'm trying to get through this thought and get myself fully expressed to him. Avoid rushing to respond or provide solutions immediately. And this is something that Johnny has learned to be good at. He wasn't good at immediately, but he is now. He understands and he's worked on it. He waits for me to finish. And if I need a solution, he will help me. If not, he just listens. Sometimes your spouse might simply need someone to listen to them. Remember, active listening is a skill that takes practice and continuous effort. By consistently incorporating these steps into your communication style, you can create an environment where you both feel heard, understood, and valued. And that is going to make a huge difference in your marriage. All right, the second thing that comes into play for healthy communication after active listening is constructive expression of emotions. This is something I talk about a lot on here, is learning how to manage your emotions. Our emotions are not meant to rule us. God gave us emotions, but it's up to us to learn how to manage them. When I would let my emotions rule, I went into our conversations heated, angry, and I was often hurt. I didn't see the situation for what it was. I was solely focused on the way I felt. I have big emotions. I am an emotional person. Many people that know me, they don't realize that I'm actually an emotional person because I do control it so well. Those big emotions I feel, I learned how to feel them for a moment without getting anyone else involved. And then I take a step back and I look at the big picture. I'm not saying I don't have the emotions. I'm saying I keep them in check. Don't forget to look at the reality of the situation. Usually when you're having big emotions in that moment and you let them take over, you aren't able to see the reality of the situation and things can seem a lot worse than they actually are. The first step is to learn what you are feeling and why you are feeling it. And then the second is to learn to put the emotions aside as you look at the reality of the situation. I am so angry. I can't believe my husband said that. Okay, what are your, what are your feelings? You're feeling angry. Why are you feeling it? Because your husband said this and that. Okay, next, put those emotions aside, set aside your anger, and look at the reality of the situation. Why did my husband say that? Is that what he meant? What did he actually mean? And think through that situation. Emotions aside, never go into a conversation when your emotions are at their high point. Take a step back, take a moment to yourself to get composure, and then come into the conversation clear-headed. When you learn how to manage your emotions, it's a lot easier to convey what you're feeling and why in a healthy manner to your spouse. Remember, there are more than one side to the circumstances. You each have emotions in the circumstance, and then there's the reality of the situation. As you come to your spouse clear-headed, remember to convey your emotions in a non-judgmental way. You don't want to blame, you don't want to judge, or put down the other person. If they hurt you, they probably didn't do it intentionally. Try to see their perspective as you talk through how it made you feel. Don't forget, active listening plays a huge part in this. Even though you are letting them know how the situation made you feel, they still have things to say too. So make sure you pause for them to be able to talk and convey their emotions about the situation as well. It needs to be a two-sided conversation. There have been times, even recently, that things have made me upset. I can feel my emotions getting the better of me, especially being pregnant. Pregnancy with twins has heightened all of my emotions more than usual, and more than any other pregnancy I've had. There was something that had really gotten to me. It even kept me up one night, and I couldn't go to sleep. 
I couldn't get my emotions under control. And I knew if I were to sit there and have a conversation with Johnny, it wouldn't be a healthy conversation. I wouldn't be able to communicate effectively. And it would probably turn into an argument or me saying something in a way that caused him to be hurt. And I didn't want any of that. I wanted to resolve the situation healthily. So I sat alone that evening and I wrote a letter. When something came out on paper that didn't sound right, or I was like, oh, that that's, sounds rude, or that's not the thought I was trying to convey, I would erase it. And then I rewrote it in a kind way that conveyed what I was trying to say in a respectful manner. I gave him time to read it. I didn't jump on him and ask him if he read it and what his thoughts were. I let him sift through it on his own timing. Then late that next morning, he said he read my letter and wanted to read through it again so he could respond to each thing in there. That afternoon, we came together when the kids were doing their own thing, and we had a healthy conversation that ended great. Each situation you need to evaluate and find what will be the healthiest way for you to work through it. Can you keep your emotions in check? Great. Talk through it. You can't? All right. Write a letter or let them know you're having a hard time managing your emotions with the situation. So you need some time and you'll come back and talk through it after you've calmed down. Don't just ignore it. Don't walk away in silence. Let them know what's going on and how and when you want to address it. If you keep them just thinking through it and you don't let them know that you want it to be addressed, either they'll think everything's fine or it's going to get worked up so much it becomes a way worse issue than it actually was. Okay, number three, the power of affirming words. Encourage, encourage, encourage. Congratulate when they accomplish something. Did your husband take out the trash? Thank him. Did your wife put up with a lot of cranky attitudes from the kids today and handle it super well? Thank her and encourage her. Let her know she's doing a great job. Even thinking and acknowledging the little things that are a part of daily life are encouraging and affirming. And they let you know that you're seen and appreciated, which is so big. Remember to say I love you more than what you think is needed. Go out of your way to encourage them. Johnny's a very hands-on dad and he's a huge help. I still do most of the things for the kids because that's just how it works. He's working a lot. He's doing stuff on the farm. But if I'm busy and one of the kids needs a new diaper, or maybe it's the first time I've sat down to rest and someone just pooped, he'll go change their diaper. Sometimes it's a pretty nasty one. And I just laugh, but he comes out of the room and says how big and nasty that diaper was. And James comes out, big poop, mama. (laughs) Yes, we're laughing about it. And it's sort of in a joking way. But I say, good job, babe. You did it. We are joking but it's also acknowledging what he did to help. Even though most of the time he does the dishes at night, I still say thank you most of the time. Sometimes I'm tired and I might forget, but I try to be intentional with saying thank you. When I do the dishes before he gets to them, he says thank you. Even though it's both of our jobs to keep the kitchen clean, we thank each other. We thank and acknowledge what the other person does. It shows gratitude and that they're noticed. Don't you want to be noticed for the things that you do? Not that you do it to be noticed, but it feels good. And it's nice to know that you're appreciated and that the things that you do are seen. Four, navigating differences. It's important to remember that differences are natural in any relationship. You're two different people with two different viewpoints and different ways of managing situations and different emotions. You are two totally different people. I mean, God made men and women and He made them different for reasons, and we need to learn to be able to navigate those differences. It's crucial to understand the importance of compromise and empathy, and then find the common ground in each situation. When Johnny feels very strongly about a situation or the way to handle something, 
I am usually the one to compromise. I don't do it because I have to. I don't do it because he makes me feel like my opinion doesn't matter. I do it because I love him, and I know if it's important to him, I want to support him. But let's be real here. Johnny's usually the one in most situations to compromise. I love him so dearly, and I'm so thankful that he loves me enough to put up with my strong feelings on so many situations. That is what makes it so easy for me to compromise when it's important to him. I know that if he has a strong stance on this, it has to be important, because usually he goes with my view on a situation. He doesn't just give in. He doesn't just let me have my way all the time. It's not like that. Oftentimes, the way we manage something, we both come to some sort of compromise until we can agree on something that we're both happy with. That is where communication comes into play. You need to be willing and learn to communicate what is important to you. What are you willing to give a little with? Compromise isn't a bad thing. It's essential to a healthy relationship. But don't compromise on things that are important to you. That's when compromise becomes bad and can cause bitterness in your marriage. Communicate the importance of them so your spouse knows and you can work through it to find a healthy middle. All right, five, create a safe space. I already talked a little bit about this, but you want to make sure you're creating a safe space for your spouse to come to you. Don't dismiss what they're saying or feeling. As ridiculous as it may sound to you, it's important to them. So actively listen, show them you care, and respond accordingly. All right, I want to finish with this one last practical tip. Have regular check-ins. When you are checking in consistently, it gives the opportunity for your spouse to come to you with things that are on their mind. Rather than feeling like they need to wait or you're too busy, so I'm just not going to talk about it. It's not that big of a deal. Life gets busy, but if you're setting aside dedicated time for meaningful conversations and check-ins, it provides a safe space. It opens up that door for the communication in a time where you're focused on each other. This doesn't have to be a long period of time. It could be five minutes. It could be an hour. It could be even longer. It can be as long of a time as you want to dedicate to it. Just a short amount of time to come together without distractions and talk is all you really need. By active listening, healthy emotional control, and expressions of emotions, affirmation, navigating your differences, and creating that safe space for your spouse, you will begin to see amazing differences in your communication. As your communication grows, your marriage will grow with it, and you will grow closer together. You will see changes you didn't even know needed to happen in your marriage, and you will be amazed. Think through what can change in your communication in your marriage. Don't just focus on what your spouse needs to change, but what can you do to help change your communication using these tips? I hope this has given you some great takeaways to make a positive change in your marriage. I am here to support you every step of the way. There are some amazing free resources on the website at restoredmama.com, and don't forget to check out the Restored Mama Method for the group coaching where I help you walk through all the things we talk about here at Restored Mama. You aren't alone. I am here. And there are a group of women that have come together to grow in their marriage and motherhood just like you long to do. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media for more insights and inspiration. And then the Restored Mama Planner, it's there under the resources tab. All sorts of things for you to go and do to get this year started off right. Until next time, may your words be filled with healing and love in your marriage. I love you, Mama. I'll see you next time. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you liked the episode, please take a moment to leave a review. This helps to get Restored Mama out there into the world to help more mamas like you find the joy and freedom in the restoration God has waiting for them. If you liked Mama's show, leave a review. It will help her get seen. I would love to hear your story, where you're at, and what you're hoping to learn and gain from Restored Mama. Send me an email at restoredmamapodcast at gmail.com to fill me in on your journey. I can't wait to hang out with you again next time. Until then, I hope this has blessed you today, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do in your life.